TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind featuring Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything that you do. I am Lawrence Tam, co-founder of The Wellness Couch, and my champion mindset co-host, Marcus Pierce. Lawrence Tam, how are you, man? I am... Uh, I'm actually, I can't say I'm well. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, uh, you're a little bit hard, down and out, aren't you? <laughs> I'm down and out. I am heartbroken. And when and people know why you are down and out, they're probably just going to laugh. They're going to laugh. But go on, tell the world, why are you down and out? I'm down and out because my San Francisco 49ers lost in the playoff against their arch enemy, Seattle Seahawks, down to the last play and was intercepted. Oh. And, you know, and for most people listening, you know, for any of the Australians, you have no idea who I'm talking about. But this is the, basically the National Football League, which is gridiron, is as big as your AFL footballs. But the Americans who are listening, you understand my pain, unless you're a Seattle Seahawks fan. Um, but, you know, the 49ers, let's put it this way, for the last three years, they made it to the NFC Championship, so which is like the semifinals, right? Yep. They yep. lost, the, you know, two years ago. They were winning, I think, and they lost it on a fumble on the last play. And the Giants <laughs> took the ball, scored a touchdown, won the game, and they eventually won the Super Bowl. Second, last year, we made it to the Super Bowl, and we lost it on the last play again. And this year, one last play again, and we lost it again. Three years in a row, down to there's one a play. Curse. There's a curse in San Francisco right now, man, isn't there? Man, oh man, it's 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 so hard. I'm, I'm heartbroken, man. I don't know what to say. I'm out. You are, you have uh, been moping around the house. Karen doesn't know what to do with you because you're just no fun to be around at the moment. And uh, we just thought, you know what? How do we deal with loss, whether it's with our spawning team or whether it's with something maybe, I don't want to understate your loss, LT, but maybe something a little bit more serious than the loss of a sporting team. Yeah. But um, when we got on, before we got on the call, all you wanted to tell me, LT, I wanted to talk to you about all the big stuff and all you wanted to tell me about how hard it's been seeing your 49ers lose. There is so much going on in my life at the moment and we'll... We'll, we'll dive into it in the next few podcasts, but this is the. But this is the most. The this is the most important thing. Isn't it? It's relevant in my mind, and I've lost a lot of sleep for the last few days. Um, and when this podcast goes out, you know what? You know the reason why I think this is relevant is simply for this reason. It's is because we've all had you know for the you know people who enjoy sport, we've all had our favorite teams, right? And we all you know whether it be our national pride. You know, um, in, in, in a sporting arena, whether it be for Team Canada, you know, for me in hockey or, you know, Australia during the Olympics, you know, whatever it is, we all had our favorite players and our favorite teams and they lose. Right. And it's disheartening for fans like ourselves. But I was thinking more, and it was actually, I was not losing sleep, but I was just like, man, it was so close, and yet we lost, and then all the feelings that came up with it, and I'm going, I reflected upon myself, I'm like, why do I feel that way? I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. It's a sporting event, right? But I was thinking back from also from the perspective of the players themselves. You know, we're talking about champions, right? And these guys spent their whole entire life or a whole season fighting for this one moment in time, and someone's got to win and someone's got to lose, Right? And how are they dealing with the loss? You know, to, you know, if as a fan you're struggling, I wonder what goes on in the mind 
of you know the sporting athlete or whatever that's happening in your life and you know let's apply this to business or in life you you know it could be a loss of a um a contract you know it could be a loss of a a, an important client it could be a loss of something that you know maybe financially maybe it's about you know you invested in something you lost and lost money on that investment you know maybe especially when for so long you're like in the game when you're talking about you know losing a contract or an investment where for so long you feel like you've got control of the situation where you actually feel like everything's going well but then you know like the 49ers at the death knock right at the end Mm. it's kind of victories clutched or clawed away from you and all of a sudden you find yourself at you know zero yeah exactly and sometimes it's it's in things that you can control sometimes it's uh, because you put yourself in that situation but sometimes it's out of your control you know it's a bit of luck you know it could be the environment or the you know the the game day you know and it doesn't really matter it could be a job that's been made redundant or the company's changed whatever it is we all have experienced loss of some kind yeah and, and so and- I th- yeah. yeah, sorry, go on. No, I'm just thinking, you know, today's topic is about how do what I wonder what people go through in their headspace and how do they how do they how do the strong, right? The the champions come back year after year, even after loss. Like, you know, I, I've seen a lot of um sports stars who have never really won a championship ring, but they could have been the best um athlete in that arena, but they just never won a championship because they always kind of choked or they never got there. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, totally. But I'm also thinking about this LT for you know, families and parents as well. I mean, you and I have both got, you know, young children, two young children each. And when you're talking about, oh, how do the players feel and the coaches feel? But can you also imagine the families in the stands, you know, the mums and dads of the players or the sons and daughters of the players and the spouses of the players? I think of that same thing when you're a parent, like when you see your children go through pain. Mm, yeah. You There's the part of you that knows that it's – you know, it's so character building, mm. but it doesn't make it easy to go through. It it like, is it is amazing. I mean, I, I, I mean, think I don't know what you and your sporting history. I don't know. Have you ever won a championship? In your I life? may have won. Um, I may have won under twelve basketball championships yeah. and football football premierships. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing actually. Um, nothing after probably about the age of. 12 or 13 i don't think yeah i'm thinking like of all my sporting career in terms of everything that you know i've ever competed in i don't think i think i've won maybe one championship you know everything has always been like you know second second place what about your so what about your softball no never always lost in the always lost in the finals of the semi lt lt how many years have you been playing softball for I don't know a lot a lot of years, and this is going back to swimming days, and you know, but, I used to play ice hockey. You've been playing softball what twenty years? Yeah, probably, probably. Ever been in a grand final? Been in a grand final? Never won a grand final. Oh man! Yeah, it's like it's like your Melbourne team, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like cheering for a losing team all no the time. No wonder you've taken this 49ers loss so hard. It's just like. <laughs> Losing yeah. just at the end is is just we've got to we've got to get your victory out team. <laughs> well, I have victories in my other parts of my life, but I think that's what it. you said though is about losing. It actually builds character. Although how hard it is for kids, like you know, when we're kids, I'm sure it's really difficult to lose, especially when you're a child. But you know, well, I don't know if anyone can hear, but I've got a couple of t- uh, tired children outside at the moment who are crying a little bit, uh, just uh-huh. a little bit, maybe a lot, and um, Sarah's <laughs> dealing with them, so they're going through a bit of loss at the moment, yeah. which is character building. Yeah, it's character building. I think it it's does. Uh, I think without loss, you don't actually um, appreciate the wins. And I think if correct. you constantly win all the time, 
um, you really, it, it, you kind of take it for granted, you know? And I think, you know, being a professional, I think, I think one of the things I think about these professional players is that, you know, they take it really with grace. A lot of them anyway. It's not every one of them, but they do. You know, you look at the locker rooms and the interviews, and I admire that how much um, they take their sport as a profession, and this happens. It sucks that they lost, yes. yep. but they get on with it, you know? And, um, and you know, one of the guys, the, the, the quarterback, the Colin Carpenter, young guy, young kid, you know, a lot of criticism on him, but he, he was back at uh, the next day, he was back at work. You know, he was first one at the at the stadium, and he was already back at work. He wasn't going to take a break anymore. You know, where most wow. players would after after a loss like that, they're going to take a couple of months off, and you know, really spring season probably doesn't even. Start. I mean, their season doesn't even start till like October. I mean, September or August, right? Which is like six, seven months away. But you know, they're back at work, and I think that shows a bit of character of that particular person. I think that sometimes that we need to kind of embrace that as a person when we experience loss. I think that's one of the things that we need to do is kind of like, yeah, you want to. You gotta reflect on it, but I think you don't want to sit there and mope around around and it. live in it. Yeah, like I mean, yeah. you gotta move on. Like you have to move on. You have to kind of do something to kind of really move forward, don't you think? I'm just thinking, LT. <laughs> you have to move on, LT, because you're all right. You're, I'm thinking about this, and the quarterback has gone back to work the next day. I'm like, LT, I'm going back to all- work. I'm yeah. going back to work. <laughs> and and there's you've got next year now. This is the beautiful thing about every every loss. Okay. So whether it's in sport, there's always next season. So I forget the name of the quarterback, but he's got he's already thinking about next season. He's that's the way he's dealing with it. Okay. But I think it's so important that you say this is that loss is character building, but as soon as we can get to the uh, get to the place where we stop looking at the past and then start working on the future, mm-hmm. that's where that's where I suppose the uh, not not just calling it the benefits of losing, but there are there are just as many gifts in losing as in winning winning, aren't there? But we kind of a lot of people don't want to see that. A lot of people don't want to like, especially in sport. Lt. Some fans are so, and you would know this, but some fans are so um, emotionally attached to their sporting team that the loss of their sporting team uh, affects every other area of their life. They're annoying to be with at work. They're annoying to be within the family. They're annoying to be within a social circle because all they do is talk about the loss of their football team. And it's kind of like what you said about, what's the quarterback's name you just mentioned? Colin. Colin Kaepernick. So even though everyone else is moping and whinging about and complaining about his performance, he's already already moved on. Mm. He's actually using it as fuel to improve and prepare for next year, because wouldn't that be the mindset of most of those players, especially if they've been in three consecutive um, losing NFCs, is that they are saying we must prepare like we have never prepared in order to ensure that that never, ever, ever happens again? Yeah, and I mean, I looked at some old footage of um, you know of the Niners team back in the in the nineties, and the same thing happened. They went into championships similar to the situation, like for three years in a row, they couldn't beat this one team, the Dallas Cowboys. And, um, you know, their mental attitude was they had to build the whole team, got new players and stuff just for the sake of beating that one team. And they did. And they won that Super Bowl that year. And you talked about loss. And, and you know, I'm sorry to go using a sports analogy, but I think it's really relevant to this to, in, in this particular context. Is John Wooden is one of the greatest coaches in, in the world. I'm pretty sure he said this. Um, not the exact quote, but he said, you know, losing is not the problem. 
you know, I'm just taking the words and making into my context. It's John Wooden slash Lawrence Tam here. Um, <laughs> is this, is that losing? If you don't lose, if you learn nothing from a loss, then that's what that's what you've actually that's the loss itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's because you actually there's always something you can learn. And and thinking about you know winning once is fantastic, but that's never how life works. I don't want to win once. I want to build a dynasty. You know, I want to be a franchise, a dynasty that continues to win at the top of the game all the time or come close to it. You know, I'd rather support a team that is always at the top than, than rather than the team that's always on the bottom. Does that make sense? Oh, messy. You know, I don't want to be just a team who just wins once every 20 years. I want to be the team who's always consistently being competitive and win once in a while. And yeah. that's the thing about being great um, and, and, and also anything that we do. And so I think we need to think of our context of our life as being uh, a dynasty. You and know? that's it. And that's a culture. That's a culture, though, isn't it? Because that's a culture of success. So it's like, what's the culture of the business that you work in? What's the culture of the family that you live in? Like, is it a culture built on success, hmm. or is it a culture built on, um, uh, you know, uh, volatility and just sometimes we're good and you know a lot of the time we're not so good? Is it a a culture of mediocrity, especially when I think of businesses. Like, you know, the more businesses that you go into, the really good ones do stand out, don't they? I mean, and that comes down to, for me, like what their expectations are, what their culture is like. They don't let bad things happen because they're already prepared for it not to occur. Mm. It's just part of what they do. It's part of how they think. It's part of who they are. And that's in a family, a business, a sporting team. Um, you can look at it in, 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 um, in all kinds of industries. Well, John Wooden have this beautiful quote, and this is the exact quote. It says, winning takes talent, to repeat takes character. And, you know, that's exactly what, you know, guys like Richard Branson, for example. You know, we, we tell him as, the, you know, one of the best entrepreneurs in the world. But, I mean, if you read his autobiography, he's gone through a, tons of losses. You know yeah. what I mean? He's gone through a lot of, bank, you know, losses and bankruptcy. You know, Donald Trump's the same thing. And all these guys, it's not about like the one thing that they're, they're known for. It's about the things that constantly be uh, stepping up and getting up and rather being knocked down all the time. And I think that's a really true reflection of life is that if we get knocked down and that's it, no one will ever hear of you. Right? Yeah. It's the people that we, we cheer on and the people that are known to us are the people who actually get back up because yeah. they fail. And we love that story, right? And Hollywood you know, praises and, and really emphasizes those type of stories. The hero that always goes down, that always gets back up. That's what we love. And, but that's the, that's the character that I believe that we need to kind of come away from loss uh, for whatever, you know, whatever going on in your life. It's about how do you step up? How do you change your life? How do you move forward and create greatness in your life? So then I'm thinking, LT, um, of we might call them lessons from you know, the last 12 months, some, there might, some people listening may have experienced great loss and it might have been a family loss, it might have been a job loss, a career loss, it might have been a, you might be a, you might be a sports person, be a professional or a semi-professional or amateur but it's something very close to your heart. So I'm thinking, LT, what, what do we want to share with um, our listeners in terms of how to actually deal with loss? So what questions can we ask to actually, you know, quality questions to really um, deal with it because really from what you've even ex- said with the 49ers, everyone deals with loss differently. Mm. Some people 
some people do go through this deep grief. When I, I, for me personally, that's kind of not my style. I'm a bit, I don't know if you call it blokey, but I'm kind of like just, you know, move on, get on with it, keep on going. It's just all a part of life. But some people are very much, they do want to sit and reflect and, and what some people might call go through the grieving process. And I'm not here to say that anyone is wrong or right. But what suggestions would you give to people that are, looking uh, back on the, their last 12 months or even their life and going, yeah, I've had some big losses that I, I might not have actually dealt with fully. Yeah, you um, you start a podcast and uh, you just kind of just <laughs> whinge about it. No, it's just, <laughs> I'm just joking. No, I think, you know, listen, the reason why we, I, I picked this topic today is because I think it's relevant to a lot of people, like I said at the beginning of the podcast. But more importantly, I think it's that there's a lot of lessons that you can learn from people that are out there because people are losing all the time. And you, 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 if you follow them around, you start to really get a sense of their character by how they respond. And I think to respond appropriately here is that, you know, like you said, you, 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 there are always going to be a grieving process with every loss. But I think the most important thing is that you don't get stuck in it, right? It, it's not tar that stops you from moving forward. It's, it's you. It's all in the headspace, right? And I think by what we, one of the first steps we said was keep moving. Number one is yeah. move forward. Right. It's yeah. even if it's one small inch forward, it's yeah. one step forward than yesterday. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not about the big game, but you know, not about the big creating big visions and stuff. It's about just moving forward. I think that's number one. Number two is I think you need to spend some time to reflect upon the year that you had. Or if you just say it was twelve months, you know, you know, we talked about New Year's resolutions. One of the things I look back is go, what what was the what was some of the greatest accomplishments we actually did this year? So what were the victories instead of just the losses? Yeah. What were the victories that we actually went through? And I think by doing that, all of a sudden your mind just changes and focuses on something different, right? Your mind is a powerful thing. And the only reason why you're focusing on loss and your depression about it is is because you're focusing on it. Like that's what you're honing in on. So you just got to divert the question by asking a better question. And uh, that's Tony Robbins' famous thing, right? Ask a better question. And the question is, what were some of the wins that we had this year? Yeah, no, and then was, can I? Sorry, um, can I add to that? Then, then when you do go to the losses, then I think one of the great questions is, well, what's actually great about the losses? Yeah. Like, what are they actually really teaching me? And see, some people go, well, how could there be anything great because you know it was it was this loss? But if you can just emotionally detach, all what I tend to do is, what would someone else say is great about that loss? Hmm. So you know, I could tell, I could if, if LT called me five minutes after the Forty Nineers lost, and and he was just in tears because I know he was in tears. Um, <laughs> he had he had the Kleenex. Um, <laughs> I was bawling my eyes out. I had to take the whole afternoon off. <laughs> mayonnaise on that story, spicing that one up for you. But um, no, if we just say what's great about this, it often takes some emotional detachment to answer the question. Mm-hmm. So often what can be great about something is, well, yes, it. You know, if you've got, for example, a young family and something occurs, uh, challenges in a young family can really steal a family. Like often people say that, you know, um, challenges in a family, whether it's a, a separation, whether it's a loss in the family, whether it's just some kind of trauma, they often bring families closer together. Mm. So then it's like, well, do you want to take that trauma away and the family be not close together? Or is the trauma actually a, a gift or a benefit because it's actually bringing the family closer together? Yeah. So often there are benefits which we just don't want to see because, again, we're either conditioned or the first response is to is to feel heard or see not what's not great about it. But I do think that's a really important question when we're dealing with some kind of loss. 
Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. And Martini says this always. You know, he talks about this balance of everything. There's no wins or losses. There's no, um, you know, things are better than others. It's just it is. It is what it is. And and oftentimes when through a loss, there's always going to be a benefit of it. But unfortunately, during the loss or whatever that experience that we're going through, we don't see it unless we look for it. I think that's yeah. why you got to, like you said, Marcus, is being open-minded to something that's going to be great because of it. You know, it's because of that loss, it moved you towards a particular direction that now opens up a different opportunity, right? And our whole entire life is based on that. You know, where we are today is because based on wins and losses that we've had in our life. And because of those wins and losses, we became who we are and the character that we are today. And I think we need to celebrate each one of those, not just the wins, but all the losses as well. Also the losses. Um, just when you're talking here, I'm thinking another really, you know, just personally, another thing that I know I do when I'm experiencing a loss of some kind is I've always got some kind of confidant, whether it's Sarah, my wife, whether it's a good friend, it might be yourself, Damo, another good friend, Greg. There's there's people in my life that if, if something's occurred, I... You know, I don't, it's sometimes tempting to kind of work through things by yourself, but I know that loss can really be turned around so much more quickly when you've got support. I think that's a really big key. I think that another key to that, um, Marcus, about finding a confidant or a mentor, and this, and I hate to say this, but uh, you know, please don't attack me, don't know verbal abuse, but you know, especially for the female population, is you got to be clear that. A mentor or confidant is not someone who necessarily is a friend of yours, right? It's not always just a friend because oftentimes we go for, and this goes for guys as well. What I don't want to be doing at that time is going to a friend, right? Male or female to, I don't want to feel, I don't want them to feel sorry for me. I want them to be empathetic, but I don't want them to be sympathetic because if I'm going for help, then it's more that I want them to be empathy, have empathetic, sorry, being empathetic to me means that they understand how I'm feeling, but they're not going to be emotionally attached to it. Does that make sense? That's it, totally, yep. Because what happens is typically is when we have conversation with people and go, oh, like this is what's happening to me, and they go, oh, poor you, and then we just become the victim, and then we crave for it, and then we continually go back, and then all of a sudden we're stuck in the same position as we were before, even actually probably deeper, and we never move forward. You want someone who's able to guide you out of the mess that you're in, right? You want someone to be able to see the better version of you so that they can help you get out of the stickiness that you're in at the moment and help you guide you through it rather than being holding you back and letting you swallow yourself up. Spot on. So that's, you know, and just to add to that, you know, if I had a family, if I had a family challenge, you know, that was affecting, you know, Sarah, myself and the kids. I wouldn't go to Sarah on that uh, in terms of um, in ter- if I had to. Yeah, because it's, it directly affects Sarah. That's right. So I would go to someone probably older, you know, who's probably got, let's say I was having a challenge with the kids, so who's got older kids, who's not emotionally attached to my kids, so it wouldn't be their grandparents or it wouldn't be, you know, um, you know, my sisters. It might be someone, it might be a friend who's not even related to the kids so that there's not that emotional attachment per se. Mm. That's what you're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's sometimes when you have someone who's, who's going to, it's just basically also the guidance, right? You got to choose people that are actually going to help you out of the situation rather than enabling you does that make sense 
Yeah. You don't want them to enable your your、um, soreness for yourself because that's what we tendency to do if we, when we lost. And I get it; we all do that. And so I think it's finding wiser people that that help you move forward. And sometimes you might not; it might not be among the people that you're friends with. It might be someone you don't know very well. Could、it、be might, a complete stranger. <laughs> it could be a complete stranger, and it could be someone that you actually have to pay money to, right?、Yeah. And and I think that's okay. You know, I had mentors and coaches and and stuff, and that's what they're there for. I mean, you got to utilize those people. And if you're lucky enough to have networked yourself to create those、um, people to surround you, fantastic. But if you don't, then you might need to go look for them. And I think you know, we we talked about networking you know, and talked about having people in your lives that are important.、And、I think those are the important people. Is always to have someone who is just. Steps ahead of you, so that they can actually mentor. That's a true mentor, right? Someone who's already done something that you want to do, and so they can actually guide you to and and teach you the stuff that they got them there in the first place, and help you guide through your mess. Can I share an example?、Mm-hmm. I don't actually. It doesn't feel a hundred percent relevant, but it came to mind, so I'm going to share it because it came to mind.、Um, when Sarah and I were in Ireland, we were working in a chiropractic center, which we were running, and we were leaving. We were preparing to leave to come back to Australia, and we were we'd been in Ireland for twelve months, but we really weren't sure how to tell uh, the patients uh, that we were leaving because they'd had so many chiropractors over the years, and they really. I think they were, they were, we felt that they were expecting us to be there for a long time,、mm. and we went to a seminar and we knew no one there. We knew no one. It was in the middle of Ireland and、um, a couple of hours from where we lived,、um, and we had, it was all about truth. It was the power of truth, and we actually just stood up and and actually said our dilemma. We said we really don't want to lie to these people. We really want to tell them the truth, but we're scared to tell them the truth because we've got such great relationships with them all. And then everyone just really started giving us their two bobs on what we would, what we should do. And obviously, the answers, if you can probably、uh, put a,、um, a bet on here, the answer was literally just to tell everyone the truth.、Um, and it was, it was a very empowering、um, moment, but it just made us realise、um, that getting answers. I mean, the people that really gave us the greatest clarity and guidance had no idea who we were, what we were doing, what it was all about. They just knew our, our situation. And、um, and it just made me realize, God, they had no emotional attachment to our lives, but it was the best advice that we could have got.、Mm, telling the truth, I think you know, talking about telling the truth is also telling the truth to yourself. You know, that would be、on. another thing too, as well. Is like t- you got to tell the truth about what actually went on. You know,、um, what, did you have a play, did you play a role in it, or was it just pure luck that was happening? All、oh, this loss happened to you. You know,、um, taking self responsibility is a it's a pretty hard. Uh, look at reality and how how it actually happened, but also too, you got to take some responsibility—not blame, but responsibility—for putting yourself in that situation.、Um, you know, like financially, for example, like in the last couple of years, there was a you know investment that we you know a lot of us were in, and、uh, you know we lost a lot of money financially, massive amounts of money. But you know, going into it, I have to take responsibility that I put myself in that situation, my family, myself in that situation financially. Um, and no one was to blame for.、It. Yes, we know that maybe you know the, the the timing wasn't right. Blah blah blah. You can blame it all on the GFC or whatever it is. But really, at the end of the day, it falls under me. I knew what I was doing when I made the investment. But at the end of the day, I was the one who pulled the trigger, and I was responsible for every decision that was made.、Mm-hmm. But the key thing was that I mean, you know, a lot of people were blaming you know individuals, blaming different situations. 
But really, is that going to accomplish anything? Are you going to learn from something when you continue to blame others? Of course not. And I said, you know, I, I looked at that and reflected upon that whole situation. It's like, I'm moving forward by making sure I take full responsibility to the situation so I can learn from it so I don't do this. Mis- I, won't, I won't make a mistake again. That was the key thing because I can't get that money back, right? I can't get that, but I can definitely take the lesson forward. And I can utilize that lesson to help others. And that's, you know, speaking the truth is speaking the truth to yourself. And um, that's how you move forward is to be able to see, speak to your truth about what went right, what went wrong, and how can we improve next time? And, yeah. you know, it's building that legacy again. You know, we, we, we touched upon that. And your legacy is more important than just having uh, a one windfall in your, in your life. It's about having a continual competitive edge and being the best that you can be. Be great in everything that you do. That's the champion's mind. That's how we move forward is by preparing for next year. Don't wallow, move forward and start preparing and seeing what's missing and how you can actually fill that gap. Because you know what? It's like buying a new car, right? You know, you pick the car you want. The best part about that whole process of buying a car or a house or whatever it is, it's not actually when you drive the car out of the lot. It's the whole process of chasing and building and looking forward and how do I get this and all that stuff. Does, do, you know, do you know what I mean? Oh, I don't it's know. massive. Yep. It's, I'm just loving listening to this. I'm sure a lot of people are at the moment. Keep on going, LT. Well, I mean, I remember buying uh, my very first uh, convertible. Like I, I, when I came to Australia, I said, you know what? I'm buying a convertible because, you know, it's the first time I ever in my life going to actually drive a convertible simply because I live in Canada. When I, when I was born in Canada, <laughs> you would drive a convertible for like a month of the year, right? So why would you have one? But being in Australia, you can drive it pretty much all year round. And so when I bought that convertible, I was like eyeing the car. I knew exactly the car I wanted. And, you know, it's been eyeing it for months and, you know, trying to figure out the finances of how we're going to it. And finally, when I drove it home that day, I had this sinking feeling of going like, this is it. Like, what's all this? And I remember feeling that way because I, I, as I drove the car, I looked up to, uh, we're living in an apartment building in South Perth at the moment. I saw my wife. She was excited for me. And I looked up and I'm going, wow, that wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And because the excitement wasn't like getting the car, the excitement was all the preparation, the building and the chasing and figuring out all that, that was exciting. And so I think the game, when it comes down to game, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, when we talk about f- football or, or the Winter Olympics, I'm sure they're going to have some losses, whatever. It's, you know, sure, it's great to win. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But it's also in our life, though, it's not about winning, but it's also the process, the character that you became to get to that, le- that yeah. high level. And I think that's the lesson that we can learn from here. Massive. Great reflections, LT. Great lessons. That's been a, I have learned. So I find these podcasts so therapeutic, LT. It is. I, I'm, I'm feeling so much better now. I'm prepared for next year now. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, why don't you head on to facebook.com slash inside the champion's mind. Why are you there? Like us, but I'd love to hear your heartbreak on your favorite team or you know what what's been going on in your life and how you dealt with that loss i'd love to know about that uh, i'm sure marcus would too so go to yeah. our yeah thanks for all the facebook comments as well the interaction on facebook with um with our listeners is just gr- wonderful loving um seeing what people are saying about uh the podcast and how it's helping them in their lives so yes please keep it up yeah i mean it, it gives us encouragement that uh, that they're actually more than just me and Marcus listening to the show, and so <laughs> no, I know there's a lot more people. I love you guys, and so really thank you so much for um, you know sending your email messages as well and and Facebook messages. It's fantastic, and it's great to hear that we're actually making a difference, and uh, that you know keeps us going and uh, and providing you content each and every single week. Uh, also, go to our thewellnesscouch.com site. Uh, go and. Uh, 
take a look around. There's lots of different podcasts there. And make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes. That's how we get our rankings. And uh, make sure you leave a comment there too. This is Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything that you do. This is Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. See you on the next episode. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.